boom. Now, Paul talks about when you needed to be eating meat, you were still stuck on milk. And he was talking to a church that just couldn't move off the starting pad, that they always had the simple studies. Somebody did the math once, and it was, it was somewhat like if you only came, if you only went to school as often as you go to church, and, and that was a factoring in that you came twice a week for an hour, it would take you something like 40 years to graduate from first grade. If you don't do Bible study on your own, that can do that. I want to take you back to a time where it was much harder to do Bible study. There are those that will tell you, especially if you're a teen, they're going to tell you, that there was a group of men that got together in Nicaea, around 325, and they just decided what the doctrine of the church was. They're the ones who decided that we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And they elevated Jesus and they picked the books of the Bible and that was it. And that nobody, it wasn't God, it was a bunch of men in a room. All of that's untrue. The bishops did gather in Nicaea. They were called to do so by, by Constantine because he wanted Christians to speak with one voice on doctrine. And by the year 325, there were some struggles. Well, if you read the New Testament you see that there were struggles then. There were struggles between what Paul called the Judaizers, and there were struggles with those wild, crazy Gentiles that had come in. And they were, it, it caused meetings to be, take place. That is normal. Sometimes families and movements have to gather and say, who are we? What is our message? So as the bishops gathered and not all of them were there at the same time. We covered that a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and look at that um, uh, streaming on Facebook, or you can go back and look at the, uh, listen to the podcast. <clears throat> but as they came and went, there was a majority that, that did meet. They did not pick the books at Nicaea. They ratified what the churches had pretty much already decided, which books were in, which books were not. There were some questions about a couple, and we may get to that down the road, but nothing that's going to affect us or make us afraid of our, of our doctrines or teachings or the like. It wasn't anything like that. Well, for example, quite a few of them didn't care for the book of Revelation because they couldn't understand it. I'm there with you. Gotcha. I've taught it about 40 times, and I change my mind each time. So I'm there. I get that. There, there were small things like that. But they did not gather to elevate Jesus to God. They gathered to make sure they were all speaking the same about Jesus, who is God. He is equal to the Father. He is equal to the Spirit. As we just sang the same words to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so we should. So we got to do a meat sermon today. Very unlike most of the sermons you would have heard before. Because these people had to scour the scriptures when nobody, as far as I can find in history, by this time, owned all of them. So they had to gather them. And then when they were gathered, they were in all different kinds of forms. Some might have still been scrolls, but I bet most of them were either uh, codices, in other words, a book, or they were loose leaf. Some were complete, some were not. Some had an ending tacked on, some did not. And they would, have, they would have had to scour the scriptures without being able to say, it's in Mark 
14, verse 2. Because there were no chapters, there were no verses. They had to know the scriptures. They had to be able to work and check all the different copies that were brought in. Think of the massive task they had. And one of the things they did was to go back to the old scriptures, to the Jewish scriptures, which are our scriptures as well, and read them and then go to their stories and their books and see what, where is Jesus in this polity, in this, in this group? Where does he stand? Now, when I was a boy, I had always assumed it was Father first, Jesus was second in charge, the Holy Spirit was third. Only, and no, nobody told me that. No, i got to stress this. There was no teacher that told me that. But it was always said in that order, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's what I assumed. These bishops would have looked at me and said, did you not search the scriptures? And do you remember what Jesus told some people? He said, you err not knowing the scriptures. And then on that walk to Emmaus, do you remember that story? Two are walking away from God walking away from the dream, walking away from all of their hopes because all they have now is a dead Savior. They don't know he resurrected. Jesus is walking with them. They don't know that's Jesus. And the scripture says he started with the scriptures and showed all that they said concerning him. Greatest sermon ever preached. We don't have a word of it. We have to go search the scriptures. And that's what we're going to do we got a big task ahead of us. We're going to take time to do this and hammer this like a nail because it's worth the Sunday morning of our time to hammer this down. We are approaching December, and December is the month of Advent. And those, uh, I, I'm aware that in America, it seems you really rush the season. And yes, it's because of commercialism. I get that. But could we just not be the negative people? Could we say, if you want to... Listen to Christmas music in July. Do it. Not, not a couple of them. They're stupid. But the rest, listen, enjoy. Because Advent changes everything. And who Jesus is changes everything. We can't play with this. Either Jesus is equal to God the Father or he is not. So what do you do? Well, we all wish theology was taught in the Bible that it had a, in a, in a certain way, theology is in the Bible, but in a certain way, that the book of theology, uh, and, and it lists all the facts. No, the scriptures have to be searched. Do you remember those in Berea were commended because they search the scriptures. Paul did not tell Timothy, read it, believe it, that settles it. He said, learn how to handle it. Learn how to divide it. Study to show yourself approved. That's what we're going to do in a little bit, a little bit of that this morning to show you how it's done. And please remember these people in 325, and they met again a couple years later, were, were going from manuscript to manuscript, arguing and working. We're not going to argue and work. We're going to, well, we're going to work. Here we go. We'll start with the first one. This, Psalm 50. Now, I want you to pay attention to it. They didn't have numbers but we we do and i'm so glad in this one case the mighty one god the lord 
speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. I love that verse. It's an amazing verse. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him. Pay attention to the fire. And around him, a tempest rages. By the way, hold that slide. One of the, I always answer questions when I'm at universities, even if it's with law enforcement officers and all those kind of things. And one of the questions that came in, I'll, I'll summarize it, was basically, don't people just believe in God because it comforts them? Because, you know, maybe our life, it doesn't end down here. Maybe it has meaning. And I got all that. And my, my first response was, most of the time, the God of all comfort does not comfort me. He impels me. He implores me. He directs me. He forces me. He puts burdens on me and makes me march forward. I said, in fact, I'm only allowed to date one person because there is a God. And, and because Cammie says so. But <laughs> I, am, I must give to the poor because there is a God. I like stuff. I could buy stuff. Give to God. I, we are compelled. He's a fire. He's a tempest. He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me this consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness for he is a God of justice. Now go look at this passage. And give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord, same title, Jesus, is revealed from heaven in blazing, there's fire again, with his powerful angels. He will punish, all right, there's the judgment there, those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people, and to be marveled at among those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. Did you notice there? Fire and judgment of God, Yahweh, in Psalm 50 is applied to Jesus in 1 Thessalonians. He'll do it. He is the one who rises with fire. That's what we're going to do. All right? Let's go to our next one. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. This is why it says, what's it? One of the other books that's going to be, we're going to see where it is in just a bit. When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. That is a quotation from Psalm 68. When you, speaking to Yahweh, when you ascended on high, you took many captives, you received gifts from people, even the rebellious that you, Lord God, may dwell there. Once again, what was said about Yahweh did this. Jesus did this. Now, as was brought up in the meeting this morning for the people, that we, we meet at 9 o'clock uh, just to kind of, you know, do our little pep rally before we come out here. You know, one, two, three, yay, Jesus. We, it, it's good. It's fun. We like it. Um, you can't come in at secret. Anyway, um, if you participate in worship, we, we, we gather, make sure we're on the same page and the like. Now, as we were there, uh, Steve made the, I think it was Steve that made the comment of, Every Sunday here, you have a different congregation. And that's very true. That's why we have to mention things a few times. So please remember this. Your Bibles were designed to give you clues. It's not a secret code. Everybody knows it, all right? If you see the word LORD in all capitals, that refers to a word we don't know how to pronounce because the Jews 
would not pronounce it for fear of taking the name of the Lord in vain. It is the name of the Lord. We sometimes in English summarize it by J-H-V-H. But technically in Hebrew there are no J's. And H is a ch. It's a sound. It's not so much of a letter. There's a little squiggle thing there. The point is we don't know how to pronounce it. And so, in the old versions, they put Jehovah. In many of the new versions, they put Yahweh. But in most of them, they put Lord, all capital. All right? That's what we're going back and forth and seeing about Jesus. And they would have done the same thing in 325, but it would have taken a lot longer because they were all talking and they didn't have numbers. All right? Aren't you so lucky? Here we are. Next one. Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, Lord, let my cry for help come to you. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. That's important. Your renown endures through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth. Are you getting a hint now? And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. By the way, second law of thermodynamics, that's physics. Absolutely correct. I'm... Sure, God doesn't need me to tell him this, but makes me happy. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same and your years will never end. That means he isn't bound by physics as well. Because the second law does not apply to him. Again, that means nothing to most of you, but there are a few people out there going, dude, because that's really cool. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, and it's referring to Jesus. Look at Hebrews 1. It's all about Jesus. Even in Hebrews 1, God turns to Jesus and says, my God. Boom. Now, it doesn't mean Jesus is above. It means we do not demote Jesus. In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Applied to Jesus what was spoken of about Yahweh. We cannot allow ourselves to ever get our eyes off of Jesus. Now, I've had people say, but what about the Father and the Holy Spirit? Aren't they equal? Absolutely, but guess what the Father and the Spirit say? Look at Jesus. I've been in churches where it's all about the Holy Spirit all the time. Wall to wall, 24-7. Holy Spirit doesn't like that because the Holy Spirit made it very plain. Look at Jesus. Why? That's the way they've organized. We're not to question. This is what they have decided. This is the way it works. We don't get to know the whys. We just do it. Take a look at this one out of Isaiah chapter 8. Love Isaiah. I dare you to read the book of Isaiah and not think about current events. But here's a clue. It has always worked that way. It worked that way in 325. It'll work that way should the Lord delay in 2735. It is an amazing book. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He will be a holy place. I love that phrase. For both Israel and Judah, he will be a stone 
that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. For the people of Jerusalem, he'll be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. By the way, that's not threatening. He's coming after you. It means the thing he has set up to bless you, some people are going to run into it, and it's not going to be pleasant. Think of a glass door. You got a glass door. That's an important piece of equipment, that is, because that defines the inside and the outside. People can't just wander in, and the snow stays out there. But every so often, you run into it because it's a glass door. He says, I've set up a stone, but some people are going to trip over it. And here he speaks of Jesus. And you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now you, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Oof, that's scary. Now think about this. Why are we doing all of this? The Bible says in Peter, be ready to give an answer. Be ready to give an answer to what you believe and what you do. We need to know this kind of stuff, which means we need to grow up in the faith. We need to know where the scriptures are. I told you a couple of weeks ago, you may want to take pictures of some of this. We're going to put some of it in an e-blast, not these, but others that we're not going to touch today. We're going to get this information to you so that you'll have them. And I'll, I'm going to have Laurie Lee put these notes there as well so that you can, uh, you can go get those. For our visitors, you go to 4th Avenue. Nothing is, is shrunk here. There's not a number. Spell everything out. 4thavenue.church, and you go into the podcast. There is nothing to buy at all. If you want to give to Beyond the Building, that's a different page. Go for it. Nothing is copyrighted. I refuse to copyright my work. So you can take it spread it around, like it or not. You can do what you wish to. On Facebook, you can go to 4th Avenue Streaming, 4th Avenue Church Streaming. Help me out, guys. Which one is it? Keep looking um, until you, sound, you find somebody that sounds like they're from Tennessee. Then you know you're there. 4th Avenue Church Streaming, I think it is. Again, free, no ads. You can look there. But you can, on the website, you can also click and get the notes. All right, here we go. Let's go to the next one, please. Thank you. Isaiah 40. You guys recognizing that already? You're, you're Bible people. You should know. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for, underline that, our God. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. Ding, ding, ding. 
He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Who was all this talking about? I am the Alpha and the Omega, Jesus says, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. If you remember, John chapter 1 even says, he made all things and without him nothing has been made that has been made. He made it all. Once again, the Old Testament says, Yahweh did that. If you're getting confused about, well, then how can they be one? And We'll get there. We'll get there. And I'll get there quickly because we have communion to do as well. I wanted to do this before communion so we understand who we're approaching. I don't want anybody to be afraid to come to God. But I do get a little uneasy sometimes with some music. Not ours. Mark is brilliant. Uh, Mark is um, a treasure. But some, some Christian music is kind of girl with a guitar, Jesus is my boyfriend stuff. Eh. And some of the stuff we sang in youth rallies back in the day, Jesus is a friend, is a friend next to you. Jesus, remember that one? Every time they started that one, I'm going, I'm going to be in a foyer for a while. Because they would always then say, give a hug to the person next to you. And I'm going, I don't see the relevance. You know, I, I, I don't. Um, if, if you're singing Jesus is your friend, why are you making us do something which is hellish? I, uh, crowds and touching. So, um, so I moved on. Uh, but again, remember who you're approaching in prayer at the table. He is God. And that's very good news. Let's take a look at Isaiah 44. And then we'll pop over back to Revelation. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. See the capitals? I am the first, aha, and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Revelation, look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. By the way, that indicates also physics is over, because we're on a round planet. He comes, people on the other side couldn't see it. But when he comes, there's no such thing as round. That's kind of cool. Even those who pierced him, uh uh-oh, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, which is what Isaiah said you'd do. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, the most often given command from Jesus. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I am dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I love Jesus, (laughs) which is probably good because of my job, but... The more you study scripture, the more you like him. The more you're, you're impressed by him. Let's keep going uh, to the next. This is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. Remember John 1. He who fashioned it and made the earth, he founded it. He didn't create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. That's why Kansas is against the will of God. You're driven to nothing. And he says, I, I am the Lord and there is no other. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. That's really a cool concept if you think about it. My mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me 
every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will swear. By the way, everybody will bow. So my advice is bow now and avoid the rush. Get in good. For this very reason, going through the New Testament, and they would have done this in 325. Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. Well, we could go on, seriously, a lot. You're getting the idea. The number of times that Jesus is said to be the Yahweh mentioned in the old scriptures is amazing. So let's content ourselves with one more. The book of Joel, very often overlooked, but often quoted in the New Testament. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Romans chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Students, hold on. Sometimes you feel like you're being put to shame because you believe in God. Wait. One day. One day you won't have to. Remember that every science book I've ever had, and I've had a bit of them, has been out of date within a couple of years, except for mathematics. Mathematics pretty much holds, but uh, the methods change. All history is rewritten. English language changes, but God remains. You don't have to be ashamed of him. It doesn't go out of date. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for Oh, look at that quote. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Referring to Yahweh in the New Testament says, Jesus. Now, we could go on spending today looking at all the titles given to God in the Old Testament that are given to Jesus in the New Testament, but instead, that's going to be delivered to you on Thursday. Not all of them, but enough. With a request for you to read this, read this, and then find the title. I'm not putting the title there for you. I'm putting the Old Testament scripture and the New Testament. So you're getting homework on Thursday. There will be a short quiz. Oh, I, I don't actually have the facility to do that, but go ahead and do the study. Well, let's switch to a different line of, of discussion in the moments we have left. And I turned it over. Hang on. My printer turned it on the wrong side. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the word there is alchim. It's plural. Now, if you talk to Jehovah's Witnesses or others, and by the way, we're we're not attacking Jehovah's Witnesses. We love them, but they are wrong on this point. And that's that's acceptable for us to sit and discuss. They will tell you Elohim is plural only because it's the royal we. You know, we are not amused like the queen did. And in fact, I started looking for it. That was so well done. Anyway, the, we're going to do this now. 
no, Charles, you can't be king. And so it's, um, that, that's what they're saying this is. But no, no, there's something else going on. Look at Genesis chapter 1, 26. Then God said, hello, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Who's he talking to? I've had people say, he's talking to angels. No, angels don't create stuff. Only God can create stuff. He's talking to the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the way they work. Deuteronomy, let's look at that one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One of those words is plural and the other is singular. They are three, but they are one. Our Muslim friends are very offended by this. They say, you are worshiping three gods. No, we're worshiping one God, but you're saying they're all God. We are. Are they God, the Father, God? Yes, they are. Well, then they can't. You're worshiping three gods. And my response to them is, understand the world in which you live and the physics of it. Physics is pretty straightforward until you get too small or too big. And then all of our rules on physics break. And we have to go to quantum physics. And in quantum physics, don't you understand that three can be one and one can be three? And if they're a scientist, I've seen lights go on and suddenly we can have discussions. This is bigger than us. This is not in our physics. Don't try to play the one and three game with them. They're bigger than that. Those rules do not apply. And, the, and it's shown all through scripture if you know where to look. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. I want you to watch very carefully. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One name, three. How about the next one? i got to hurry up because we're, we're, we're bumping up way against my time. He, pre- he came and preached peace to you who are far away, peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access, that you talk about Gentiles and, and Jews, to the Father by one spirit. They work as one. We'll keep going, please. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. We'll talk about what that means another day. Fought the sanct- uh, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. What's in that verse? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Which one of them is unnecessary? <laughs> They're all needed. But it's one work. The foreknowledge. It's one work. Let's go to the next one, please. 2 Corinthians, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Three. The the next one, please. Genesis, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said, and you see the Lord's capitalized. God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You'll crawl on your belly. You'll eat dust all the days of your life. Okay? Jesus said, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you don't know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. Mm. Jesus had an edge to him. He wasn't always holding lambs. But I know him and obey his word. Your Father, can we move to the next slide? Oh, you don't have it? Oh, there we are. Uh, they're, They're writing as fast as they can up there. 
Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you've seen Abraham. Watch this. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was, the word born is placed in there by translators. Before he was, I am. Now there is no way grammatically to make that work but it works theologically because Moses once asked God what is your name and he said I am who was Moses talking to on the mountain Jesus looks at them the most fiercely monotheistic culture that ever lived and tells him I am he before he was I am oh my goodness I'll be 62 next month and I cannot read that scripture to this very day, even just this morning, without chills going all over me at the understanding of what Jesus has said. 